Hey there, language lovers. Shannon Kennedy here with Benny Lewis for a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast, where we're talking to Melanie, who learned French with us as a part of the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, a 90-day program where you aim to have a 15-minute conversation as a part of a supportive community. Interested in joining us or learning more? You can do so at languagehacking.com slash challenge. And if you enjoy the podcast, you can join us on Patreon, where you get access to bonus questions and extended episodes, as well as other exclusive content. You can learn more about our Patreon at languagehacking.com slash Patreon. In our chat with Melanie, we discuss learning French in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, how language helped Melanie find new ways to connect with her kids, learning a language alongside her kids, and how supporting one another goes both ways, creating a language learning environment with seven kids, learning a heritage language, ways to support your kids' language learning, and how being a part of her kids' language learning journeys has helped Melanie improve her own learning. So let's get into our chat with Melanie. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 120. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. My name is Shannon, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Benny. And today we're talking to Melanie, who learned French with us in the Fluent in Three Months Challenge. So before we get into your experience learning with us, um, would you mind sharing how you got into languages and language learning in general, where you started? Yes. So um, it really kind of started when I was younger and uh, my grandfather used to speak French on our on their porch swing and um, say, you know, say our names with all kinds of other words that we didn't understand. Um, and so it was just a lot of fun. He would be speak to a sister. They're originally from France. And so um, that was where my interest began. And then as I kind of started walking through high school and had the opportunity to take languages at that time, um, I did. I actually started with German and then recently just started learning French. And how did you end up in the challenge from all of that? So I, uh, my kids actually go to a, um, well, they did. They went to a immersion school here in New Orleans, a French immersion school. And so that just kind of really re-stirred all of those, you know, feelings and desires to to learn another language up on the inside. And so I found you on Google. I Googled you or I Googled, you know, learning languages and found you, Benny, and and then uh, got started with some materials and ended up in the challenge. So your experience learning languages prior to learning the challenge versus what they look like during the challenge, how is that different and, and what really worked for you learning wise in the challenge? Right. So in school, of course, you know, you're learning from a book and you're you're learning grammar and you're learning technique. And the reality was when I was in school, I could understand and I could read really well, but I couldn't speak. <laughs> so, um, you know, people would, you know, they want you to speak, but I, I just didn't speak. We didn't have, the, um, you know, only if I had to, if I had a test or something, I was going to speak the language, but um, not a lot and not fluently and not well, honestly. Um, so the difference here was, you know, fluent in three months, like you're going to speak. And so speaking from day one was huge. It was a huge aha for me. Um, 
And that was probably the main difference. And uh, like a, a big part of the challenge is to get people to have that 15 minute conversation at the end of it. But in your case, you actually went beyond that and you went to, to have a, a 30 minute conversation. So how did that end up happening? Yeah, that was um, phenomenal. Honestly, I didn't even know if I could make the 15 minutes. And and um, and so just just continuing every day, I think that's another key to learning languages is just being steady, um, even in the small things. And so uh, learning every day and then practicing with people who speak the language. That was also another aha moment. So I think that's how I got to 30 minutes. I, I didn't understand everything, but I just kept going and and uh, it was an amazing conversation. You had mentioned that you aren't the only language learner in your family. So I'm curious if gaining confidence in, in French the way you did during the challenge, um, how it's helped you maybe connect with your family in other ways. For sure. Um, Having my oldest daughter and my middle son who speak very well was obviously an advantage. <laughs> um, so I could kind of um, have them speak to me, even though they kind of laugh, like especially my middle son, he'll laugh at me when I try to speak, but because uh, he says I have an accent or I don't say the words right. But um, having them around was definitely motivation and was definitely advantage in learning um, and really just kind of gave me that extra desire to really step out and do it. I had been saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to learn French for years. And finally, um, you know, was able to connect with the challenge and that really just kind of held my feet to the fire. And how did you deal with, uh, the, any challenges with that? Because I've talked to other people who, uh, find it difficult to, to talk with their kids in a language because of like the, uh, the way they might correct you or, uh, they may get snarky with you if you make a mistake. <laughs> so how how do you work through that? For sure. Um, so my daughter and my son are very different in personality. And my daughter is was the one that was super helpful. And like, you can do it, mom. And, and you know, it sit with me and help me. And so that was um, definitely an advantage. And then my middle son um, is just like a ball of energy. And he was the one who was always correcting me on every single word and every single sentence. And um and then, of course, he'd laugh at me. But then, you know, I just we have seven kids and so they all have different personalities. And so I just learned to laugh with him. And um, if I was tired of being corrected, I'd tell him just to stop. <laughs> so given that you're kind of learning alongside your kids um, and they spend a lot of time helping you. But did you find that this has also helped you support them in their other languages as well? I do feel like that. My oldest son was very anti-language learning. He had taken um, two semesters in Spanish just because he had to, and he didn't like it and had no interest. You know, we had actually wanted him to be a part of this whole French learning thing for the longest time. And he was very, the answer was very no. Um, but in the midst of me doing this challenge, he decided he wanted to learn German. <laughs> so he's been um, learning German through different avenues. And uh, when I asked him why, he just said he liked the way the language sound. But obviously, you know, us doing this together and him seeing all of the notes and all of the words on the refrigerator and, and us trying to practice during the day, um, you know, put a little spark on the inside of him too. And what other challenges with so many kids have you had to try to create a language learning environment and how have you overcome those challenges? 
Routine and timing is always a lot of challenge. Um, you know, when you have a big family and one thing kind of goes a little wonky, um, you know, things begin to follow suit. So it, it, it makes the pieces a little harder to pick up because there's already so much going on. So that's been a challenge whenever, you know, we fall out of routine or, um, you know, unexpected things happen. It's been hard to continue the journey, but I think it's been because they have such a strong foundation in, in learning French, it's really helped me. And then, um, I'm just a, you know, when I make, make up my mind, I make up my mind. And so I just kind of push forward. And like I said, even if it's a little, I just try to do the little and then continue from there. So we talked a little bit about how French has helped you connect with your kids. But for you, French is a heritage language, which means you have a lot of family history with it. And so I'm just curious as a fellow heritage language learner, um, how learning your heritage language um, has felt for you and, and what that experience has, has been like? Honestly, that's been the most amazing feeling. I kind of sat with that this morning as I was thinking about this podcast and, you know, mentally getting my head in the game. And that was really why I took the step, you know, the step out to learn it is because it is such a legacy language for me. And I feel like there's a really strong for us and for me and our family that there's importance in in taking what was behind and bringing it forward. Um, I feel like that is part of my legacy. And so I really wanted to do that. And I wanted my kids to be involved. And they had kind of, I had really done that by giving them that that blessing of putting them in a an immersion school learning French. And so they had they had actually passed me up and and started taking that step forward. And and I realized that I'd kind of left myself out. So that was when I stepped in and said, no, I want to be a part of this um, legacy moving forward, too. And honestly, my hope and my dream is that um, my children will continue to pass this language on and continue to pass their legacy and their heritage onto their generations. And there's lots of ways that we can embrace that uh, heritage and the culture. And one way you've done it is uh, by trying your hand at cooking through French. So like uh, they say that you, um, if you tie the language to your passion, it can really benefit that, um, that experience of uh, like pushing your language forward. Have you found this to be true or what, what was your experience of cooking through French? Yes, I did. I did. I, I definitely found this to be true and it just, it connects the pieces. And so whenever you have two things that you love to do and you put them together, it just makes it that much stronger of a bond. And so cooking in French and then connecting that with a family that lives in, we actually cooked some things and we cooked some desserts, um, pastries in French. And we connected with a family in Canada who is also they're also learning French. Of course, they are surrounded by French speakers, but they're learning French because they're they're English speakers and actually they speak a few other languages, but they were learning French too. So connecting with friends, connecting with something we love to do like cooking definitely um, helps keep the momentum going and keeps it fun and keeps it real you know, and, and relevant. And so I really do find that to be the case. The other thing that I re really helped me was on um, in some of your your um, materials, Benny, that you sent out. You sent out some kids' games and songs and different things like that. So uh, singing and music is also a big part of our family. 
And so finding little jingles or just some songs with French in them has been really helpful and learning. I feel like it's easier to remember. And then of course it just ties it into all the music we do anyway. I think that one of the most powerful ways to learn outside of traditional methods is by doing things that you're really passionate about. And I know you shared cooking and music, but is there anything else that you've found really works for you in your own learning? So I feel like, I feel like music is really a big key. It really, it helped me remember the numbers. So I know people say the numbers are the hardest thing to learn. So we found a song with numbers. And so so remembering that song really has helped me um, be able to spit those numbers out a little quicker. And then um, I guess for us, it really is all about family. And so having us all on the same page and, you know, moving forward in a similar direction, even though we're all very different, very different personalities. Um, and honestly, a lot of different desires, but for this, with us all going in the same direction, that's been really helpful and really powerful for me. Hey there, language lover. If you enjoy the Language Hacking Podcast, then you will absolutely enjoy our Patreon, where you'll get a closer connection to us, the hosts, as well as loads of extra content, including bonus questions, extended episodes, and other fun things like mini challenges with Elizabeth, language coaching sessions with Elizabeth, my study templates, and the chance to ask Benny, Elizabeth, and I your questions. You can learn more over at patreon.com slash language hacking. We hope to see you there. So since music is so central um, and you find these jingles for the likes of numbers, uh, I'd love it if you, if you could share with us, how do you find these music, uh, the, these particular songs? Are there uh, resources you like to use or do you just search on YouTube? Like how, how do you find something you know is going to help you guys with, solve this particular uh, vocabulary or other issue or just something you're going to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. So we do use YouTube a lot. And as far as the number song, we just Googled it, French and numbers. And of course it pulls up a bunch of different options. And then we found the one with the, the catchiest song. <laughs> and uh, if you if you could, I wish I could give you a visual picture, but we would do this song together um, with my six-year-old. And of course he's dancing and throwing his hands in the air. And so, just finding things that work for you. And so we would just Google it and then pick the best one, the one that stuck out the most. And then we'd, we'd learn it and then we'd sing it every day. <laughs> and that's how we kind of did it. You do also have some amazing resources that you email out, Benny. And so we go through those and use those a lot as well. I am also raising my kids to speak other languages. And as a parent doing this, uh, I'm always looking for new ways to kind of get my kids more engaged with their own language learning and uh, encourage them to use their languages as much as possible. So what sort of things have you found really work in supporting your kids really using their second language? That's really good. They're all very different. So it just depends on the child. But in general, again, we try to spend about an hour a day together speaking or just choosing a topic that we can talk about or that we can learn about, whether it's things in the kitchen, cooking, numbers. I see your little guy. And so that's kind of how we we really just, we just take an hour a day and we learn something that somebody wants to learn, either one of us or all of us, and then we just move forward on that topic. And that's how we've kind of 
that's how I've kept them engaged. My, again, my oldest daughter is amazing. She's like a little teacher herself. And so she's really helpful. She's 16 and she's helpful in getting everybody involved. And how do you deal with the challenges on days where they uh, are feeling distracted and they just want to go do something like play video games that's not not necessarily going to be in the right language? And <laughs> like you want them to do something, but you also don't want to force them. Like, how do you find that balance? Yes, that is a very fine balance. And so a lot of times there are days when I'm just like, okay, go do what you want. And then there are days where I'm like, no, we have to sit and do this. And so sometimes they, you know, I just let them go. And then sometimes it does seem like it's a little more forced, but usually what, what will end up happening is we find a middle ground. And so, for example, there was a day they did not, they just did not want to. So we decided to go outside and paint. So we just got paints and we did hand paints and we did uh, brush painting. And so we talked about the colors and what their pictures looked like and what animal they were drawing, you know? And so if they would say it in English, I'd ask them to say it in French. And that's kind of how we, we keep them involved. But that does happen more often than you would think where they're just like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> so you've mentioned a few times that for each kid, it's a little bit different and you kind of have to adapt what you're doing with them based on their personality. And I would imagine, you know, with multiple children, it can get quite challenging. So how do you kind of find a balance between doing something with everyone and then also, you know, helping support each individual, you know, on an individual level? Yes, that's, I feel like that's an art and kind of goes moment by moment, but yes. So I do try to take time with them individually. And so whether it's something that they like to do or, you know, just taking a moment to, to sit just with them, it's kind of, I feel like it's hard to really describe how that happens. Sometimes I don't, I think it just happens in patience and in, um, yeah, that's a really hard question. <laughs> I think there has to be a lot of patience and there has to be, you know, time set apart for each child and then time set apart together. And so, and then just, it's kind of like an ebb and flow of just like life kind of goes through seasons. There is an ebb and flow. And so I never, ever want to force what we're doing, but just find the places where we can weave it in, if that makes any sense. But yes, finding time individually and corporately is definitely a challenge. And I think it's just something you have to decide to do. And sometimes there's moments when one child needs you more than another, and you just have to be able to keep your eyes open and go, okay, this is more important than my plans for today. And then you step out in that. Yeah, like... Juggling uh, who you're going to help is its own challenge. But uh, you were saying before that your eldest daughter is actually starting to take some initiative in, and maybe she has that potential to be like a leader to help other people. So how are you going to help her to, to grow that? And how have you helped her to maybe take a little bit of the burden off your shoulders to help everybody else get their momentum going? Oh, let me tell you, she's already taken a ton of burden off my shoulders. She is very, she's just very responsible. And so she will actually take an hour a day and spend that just with the kids, helping them learn, using a whiteboard, 
teaching them about the weather or about numbers or even doing their math in French. And so she's uh, been super helpful. There are seasons when she's a little busier. And so I take on more of that role. But then again, there are seasons when she's not. And that's kind of the ebb and flow of thing and things. And then she'll also begin to help. You know, speaking of helping her to step out, I, I know she's 16, but I love this community so much. And so I was like, man, how can I get her involved and and um and doing something similar? Because I feel like she is super helpful in our family, that there are definitely people that she can help in this community and other communities in learning languages. She just really has a knack for it. She has a love for it. And she's just really great at it, just to be honest. So in supporting their, your kids learn languages, is there anything that you found in that experience that you've been able to take away and then apply to your own language learning? For sure. For sure. In my, with the experience my kids have had, it was very immersive when they were in school. They're actually, since COVID, they're, they're actually home. And so we homeschool now, but when they were there, they were speaking French eight hours a day. They, you know, whether they liked it or not, I mean, except for recess when they were playing with their friends and speaking English, everything else was in French. And so that was the biggest takeaway, you know, coming into this community and then seeing them come from that kind of environment is being sure to connect with people who speak the language on that level. So all of their teachers were from France, a lot, most of their teachers were from France. And so being able to connect with groups in New Orleans, it's not super hard because it is a very um, French community. There's a lot of influence, French influence here, but finding people to, to, to gather with and to communicate with either, you know, here locally or online. Uh, so before you really got into this French, uh, you had also learned German. So how is that experience different? Uh, what you had done with German versus uh, what's been happening with your French? Sure. So with German, I the dif- the biggest difference was speaking. I just I didn't really speak it. It's funny when we went to Italy, I guess about a month and a half ago, and we were in some places where there's a mixture of Italian and French and German and just different things. And I was like, I could understand it. And I'm like, wait, what language is that? <laughs> and so trying to figure out which one, even though it's I'm understanding it in my head, figuring out which language it was actually written in. So that's been a neat experience. But Speaking is the biggest thing, speaking by far. And that was, you know, again, what my kids brought home was they were able to speak the language and understand the language. True story, when my Hannah was probably six, they were getting ready for school and I hear Sarah and Hannah talking and Sarah's like, say it in English. And Hannah's like, I don't know how to say it in English. (laughs) So that, that was so the example of they really were immersed in the language. And so I think that's the biggest difference is really being immersed in the language, speaking the language versus sitting in front of a textbook, learning the grammar that all great things, but doesn't give you the ability to speak. So now that you've been through this process with French, do you think you'll revisit German or do you think that you'll stay focused on French for a little bit longer? I do have a really big desire to revisit German, a a really big desire. So part of me is debating on do I want to move forward with that desire to to try my hand at German again and actually speak it or to to really give myself a little bit more time in French because I don't want to lose the French that I have either and I've heard that doing two languages there there's so many successful people who have done them that it, it does create a little bit more of a challenge 
And so I just don't know if my time and, you know, the way that our family is set up would allow me to take on a bigger challenge. Well, even if you're not necessarily going to take on another challenge of another language, I'm I'm definitely interested to hear what are your plans for the future in terms of helping your family uh, continue this uh, multilingual environment? Like, um, where do you see it potentially evolving and changing over the next couple of years? So my goal is for us to continue learning and learning French. My oldest son is starting German. There's been some some talks, you know, about other languages as well, but just continuing that journey. And then I'd really like to bring my kids to see these places. So eventually traveling to France, traveling to Germany, you know, we've, my husband and I have been out of the country, but my kids have not. And so giving them the opportunity to see the culture and the people, you know, from that standpoint for their language. And so that's part of the the goal as well. I need to get their passports. They don't even have passports. <laughs> so, so yeah, so just continuing it day by day and then expanding our, our viewpoint ge- geographically. So one of the questions that we ask all of our guests, given that this is the language hacking podcast is what is your definition of language hacking? So my definition of language hacking, finding out how to learn your language the way that best fits you. And so I really believe that that's what language hacking is. Everybody has a different learning style. And so hacking that learning style, your learning style for languages is language hacking. The resources are available. The world world, and all of it is literally at our fingertips. It's just hacking that learning style and what works best for you. Very well said. Well, this has been a fascinating chat. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing Uh, everything you've done and everything your family has done. Really appreciate that. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun just to, to talk and to share. Absolutely. So for everybody listening, until the next time, I wish you all a very happy language learning. Happy language learning. Happy language learning. So at the end of each episode, Benny and I like to share something that we took away from our conversation with our guest. And this is something that you can try out in your own language learning and see how it goes for you over the next week. So I'll start. I'd have to say, even though it wasn't something that she directly answered, it was something that I really gathered from our discussion with Melanie, and that's flexibility. Um, Having seven kids and all of them having different personalities, um, she's really learned to adapt the way she does things with them. And I think it's also, you know, that skill of flexibility has helped her in her own language learning and to look at things a little bit different and be more willing to consider different approaches to things. Um, You know, maybe she might have had that skill prior to kids, but just having that flexibility is, is a really good skill to have. So I would say my takeaway would be, you know, to see where you can implement some flexibility into your own language learning. I would say like, for example, for me, um, I tend to always do the same thing when I learn because I know that it works. Um, and I very rarely step outside of that or do something different, um, which in a way is saying that I'm not flexible in what my learning strategy is because I'm doing the same thing. So for me, it might be having some flexibility to 
try something different this week that I wouldn't normally do. And then that's how it would look for me, but how it may look for you as listening to this podcast, it may be a little bit different. What about you, Benny? What was your takeaway? So uh, she said something that is uh, kind of more directed at kids learning, but that I'm reminded I should probably do a lot more frequently myself, even as an adult, is looking for music-based learning opportunities. So not just songs, but songs about numbers and songs about basic aspects of a language. And now that I think of it, there are many times when I've come across um, some kind of a song that was in a way directed at language learners, and it's burned the vocabulary into my brain a lot faster than any other kind of resource. So uh, my big takeaway is that maybe uh, there are times when instead of simply Googling uh, like, how do I say the numbers in this language? I might look it up on YouTube instead and, and put the word music or song in my search because the answer is going to be, uh, it's going to have a tune tied to it and that's just going to make it a lot more memorable. And uh, obviously, you know, for people with kids, this is extremely beneficial. But even I'm thinking I, I might do this myself. I think that's a, a great idea. So that was my big takeaway. Awesome. Well, uh, once again, if you would like to access to any of the links or resources mentioned as a part of this episode, you can find them in the show notes that are available to you. And if you would like to join us in an upcoming Fluent in Three Months Challenge where you too can have a 15-minute conversation in your target language, you can learn more at languagehacking.com slash challenge. And until the next time, happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave us a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Alice Semino, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.